Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Today's story is A Tall Tale of Floating Leaves and Vegetarian Spiders. Here we go. Mum and Tammy were going for a walk. Tammy had not wanted to go, but Mum had gone to the gym and when she got back was disgusted to find Tammy still in her pyjamas lounging around and Vanessa still in bed. It was the last couple of days of the school holidays and standards had slipped all the way to rock bottom. So, which one of you took the dog for a walk while I was out? asked Mum. I'm surprised you came home and put your pyjamas back on. That was Vanessa's job, said Tammy. But surely you would have seen how much the poor dog wanted to go out and taken pity on him, said Mum. You're the one sitting right here next to the dog. Stanley wagged his tail. He loved it when Mum came home. Mum always had dog treats in her pockets. But he also loved sitting in the warm spot in front of the heater next to Tammy, so he didn't actually get up. I'm so sorry, Mum, said Vanessa, calling down from upstairs. I'll do it after I've had breakfast. No, said Mum. I will do it now, before the poor dog's bladder explodes and makes a mess all over my nice carpet. The carpet is not nice, said Tammy. This was actually true. They had particularly grotty, unnice carpet. It's better than it will be when the dog's bladder explodes, said Mum. And also, don't think I haven't noticed that you're breaking the meter from the heater rule. So is Stanley, said Tammy. Stanley doesn't have an understanding of the metric measuring system, said Mum. He also doesn't speak English. I hold you to a higher standard. If you don't care for the flammability of your own pyjamas, you should at least be concerned about the flammability of your dog. You're setting a bad example to him. He's your favourite, said Tammy. Yes, yes he is, said Mum. He's nicer than you, and he voluntarily eats vegetables. Stanley wagged his tail. He also eats possum poo, and rabbit poo, and kangaroo poo, listed Tammy. Well, it's probably got more nutritional value than those lollies you eat, said Mum. Come on, put on your shoes. You're coming with me. But what about Vanessa, demanded Tammy. Why aren't you making her come? Because if she came too, you'd both fight, and I'd be driven insane and throw you both in the creek. Then the police would come and arrest me, and there would be no one to walk poor Stanley tomorrow. It's not fair, said Tammy. Not fair to the poor dog, no, agreed Mum, as she fetched the leash. Don't worry, I'll make Vanessa take him out after lunch. That way he'll get two walks. Stanley wagged his tail even more. Tammy took about ten seconds to get ready. Much as she complained about having to do it, she actually secretly enjoyed walking the dog and wanted to come. Once they were out in the sunshine, walking past pretty autumn trees, Mum couldn't stay cross. She even patiently waited while Tammy jumped as hard as she could on the grate over the storm water drain to see just how loud a noise she could make. 
It was a loud noise. Stanley was enjoying the walk too. There was so much to sniff. The leaves on the trees were just starting to turn, and there were less tourists about because the weather was getting colder. Hey, look, said Tammy. That leaf looks like it's floating. Mum wasn't really paying attention. She was lost in her own thoughts about work and how she'd have to do some when they got home. She turned in the direction Tammy was pointing, and it took her brain a moment to process what she was seeing. There was an autumn leaf caught in a cobweb, except it was hard to see the fine cobweb, so it looked like the leaf was just hovering in midair. It's like a magician's illusion, said Mum. I wonder what the spider thinks about it, said Tammy. It must have been very disappointing discovery this morning, said Mum. Just think, the poor spider wakes up and goes out to check its web to see if it's caught any nice flies to munch on, and all it's got is one enormous leaf. Perhaps the spider doesn't mind because it's vegetarian, said Tammy. This idea caught Mum's interest. Now there's a notion, said Mum. Is there such thing as a vegetarian spider? I don't know, said Tammy. What are they teaching you at school if they aren't sharing these important pieces of information with you, demanded Mum. Not much, said Tammy. They teach you algebra and spelling, said Mum, but leave you in the dark about the dietary preferences of arachnids. I've a good mind to complain to the headmaster. Maybe it's just this spider that's vegetarian, said Tammy, because he doesn't like the taste of flies. Hmm, said Mum. That would be understandable. Flies spend a lot of time around poop. Just like Stanley, said Tammy. Or perhaps, said Mum, the spider became vegetarian because he or she was concerned about cruelty to flies. Is anybody concerned about cruelty to flies, asked Tammy. Spiders might be, said Mum. They might exist on a higher empathetic plane and feel all sorts of sympathetic emotions for their fellow creatures, which we, with our primitive brains, can't even imagine. Really, said Tammy. Well, they've got lots more eyes than us, said Mum. Is it really so much of a stretch to imagine they've got a bit more empathy as well? Yes, said Tammy. I don't like spiders. I know, said Mum. Tammy did not like spiders of any kind. She didn't like the teeny tiny ones, and she really, really didn't like the great big ones. And living in Australia, in a country town, they had a lot of really big spiders. Specifically, huntsman spiders. They got them in the house, which was bad enough, but the house was big, and if you saw a spider, you could just go to another room. What Tammy really hated was when a huntsman got in the car. The car was nowhere near as big, and you couldn't leap out of it when it was travelling at 80 kilometres per hour. Remember that time at the service station, said Mum? Never speak of that day, said Tammy. They'd stopped to fill up the car with petrol and discovered a huntsman hiding in by the back door of the car. Tammy had yelled at Mum so loudly and for so long about how she was never, ever getting back in the car ever, ever, ever again that a crowd of concerned bystanders had started to gather. It was unusual to see a seven-year-old with such powerful voice projection. When Tammy drew breath briefly mid-tantrum, Mum had turned to the crowd and explained the situation with just one word. Huntsman. The bystanders immediately understood. If Mum had announced that she intended to burn the car down and walk home, she would have found several sympathetic volunteers to help her. Very few people like Huntsman. The scary thing is that they sit so still that when you finally notice them, you know they've been there all along, just centimetres away from your skin. And yet when you try to catch them, they move with the evasive speed and agility of ninjas. Ninjas with eight hairy legs. 
I wonder if you get vegan spiders as well, said Mum. That would be really hard because not only would they not be able to eat flies, they wouldn't be able to eat cheese or egg either. So if a cheese or an egg got stuck in their web, said Tammy, they'd have to leave it there? Exactly, said Mum. They'd have to wait for some tofu to blow by or some kale. You don't often hear about tofu storms, said Tammy. Not anymore, said Mum. It used to be quite common when I was a girl. Really, said Tammy. Oh, yes, said Mum. Tofu was very fashionable in the 1980s, so parents served it to their kids for dinner all the time. But it still tasted like tofu, so kids would throw it out the window when their mother wasn't looking. Then the tofu would get caught up on the wind and billow about. And when that happened in thousands of households simultaneously across the nation, it would cause great clouds of tofu that would roll over the countryside. Clouds, said Tammy. Yes, said Mum. Cumulus and stratus, just like regular clouds. They would form their own weather system. The low air pressure at higher altitudes would pull great plumes of tofu up into the upper atmosphere, where it would freeze at the higher temperatures. Then it would be too heavy and drop down in great brown shards of hail tofu. Hail tofu, said Tammy. It was incredibly dangerous, said Mum. Dozens of people died. I don't believe you, said Tammy. Well, maybe nearly died, conceded Mum, but it did cause terrible damage to cars. The hail tofu put dents in the bodywork and they made the cars smell like tofu, so they were undrivable. It must have been a great time for vegetarian spiders back then, said Tammy. Oh, we didn't have vegetarian spiders in the 80s, said Mum, which makes me wonder if vegetarian spiders were invented by an evil genius living under a volcano in a secret laboratory. And that is why we don't have tofu weather systems anymore, because she released her vegan spiders on the world and it put the ecosystem into balance. Then it wouldn't be an evil genius scientist, said Tammy. It would be a good genius scientist. That doesn't sound like as much fun, said Mum. Perhaps it was an evil genius scientist, but she was bitten by a vegan spider. You know, like Spider-Man was bitten by a radioactive spider. And the venom of the vegan spider turned her good. Why would a vegan spider bite a human, asked Tammy. They don't eat meat. Perhaps the evil genius scientist had kale slaw for lunch and the spider got confused because she smelled like vegetables, said Mum. Probably the gas from the volcano affected the spider's thinking. You're ridiculous, said Tammy. That's what the regular spider said to the vegan spider, said Mum. But how wrong they were. Spiders don't talk, said Tammy. They don't talk to you, said Mum. But who knows, they might be quite chatty with nice people. So they don't talk to you then either, said Tammy. Good one, said Mum. And they kept on walking. The end. Okay, well, I actually have a postscript to this story, and I've never done this before. But when uh, my daughter and I came up with this idea for the story, we were literally out walking and we saw this leaf in a cobweb and we started thinking about vegetarian spiders. It did make me wonder, are there such things as vegetarian spiders? So I did look it up. And just so you know, there is a vegetarian spider, just one. It's called the Bagheera Kiplingi spider. And it's a jumping spider from Mexico. You can also find it in some parts of Central America. And um, it, you might recognize the name Bagheera Kiplingi. Bagheera is the name of a character from the book, The Jungle Book by Rajad Kipling. So Bagheera Kiplingi. Someone's starting up a truck outside. Oh, it's my neighbour, the one who likes to use power tools. 
I'll just ignore him. Anyway, so these these um these uh, experts, I guess they're entomologists, they named four or five different spiders after characters from the Jungle Book. So if you're interested in this kind of thing, first of all, you can look up the Mexican jumping spider, Bucky or Kingly. But actually, these people who came up with a na- name for it are super interesting as well. Because once I started researching one thing, I sort of went down the, the the wormhole of all these other things to research. Because the people who came who who discovered this spider, they were called Elizabeth and George Peckham, and they were American scientists. Although George originally trained as a lawyer, and then he got a medical degree, and then he started teaching biology. And I can't remember what Elizabeth trained in first. I, I think she got a degree from Vassar in science and she ended up getting a PhD from Cornell. So they were basically like um, amateur entomologists, but they, they they discovered like 300 different types of spiders and wasps. That was their area of expertise. But they were apparently Roger Kipling fans as well. So um, they were super interesting and these spiders are super interesting. So research that for yourself. All right. So Thank you for listening to support this podcast just by a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's plenty to choose from from across the Friday Barnes, Nanny Piggins and Pesky Kids series. And now there's the audiobooks of The Adventures of Nanny Piggins and Friday Barnes Girl Detective as well. You can order any of these things through your local bookstore or go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the Book Depository banner. They've got all my titles and free international shipping. That's it for now. Until next time. Goodbye.